0: Looking at this today, so it's the governing body of the council that appoints directors, right? Yes. OK, so he doesn't actually have the power to do this. I mean, he's campaigned on something he can't do.
1: No, 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 that's quite right. And, and as I said again, I mean, he's, he's to provide leadership. But it's, it's like anything. Another
2: analogy would be government, you know, national government as well. You You can't interfere with those arrangements.
0: That's Guy Nespiner talking to employment lawyer Barbara Bucket about whether Wayne Brown has the power to hire and fire the heads of Auckland's council-controlled organisations his incredulous reaction is a little understandable. Despite some admirable efforts from Stuff's Todd Nile, the Herald's Simon Wilson, and publicly funded local democracy reporters, many mayoral candidates' promises and policies hadn't received quite the same level of scrutiny they would have if this were a general election. Brown, in particular, had said he'd get rid of board members at Auckland Transport and Ekepenuku at dozens of mayoral debates across the city before Bucket's revelation on Morning Report that, doing so, was not actually within his power. If tough fact-checking coverage was in comparatively short supply for the most high-profile mayoral election in the country, it was sometimes non-existent in ward races and less heralded mayoral contests. Pippa Coombe, who lost her seat in Auckland's Waitemata ward, told Media Watch she didn't see much coverage at all of her tight ward race against former councillor Mike Lee.
1: Well, the focus of the coverage was definitely on the mayoral contest and there was very little on the wards generally. And my ward is central Auckland and the Gulf Islands. Just even the usual coverage that we might expect, like the Herald doing a bit of analysis of the ward, Didn't happen, and even on the ground, very little um, that you could tune into. Like, we didn't have Meet the Candidates um, meetings. We didn't have any debate on community pages. My opposition had blocked me, so there wasn't kind of coverage there. I should acknowledge that there was coverage in the Gulf News on Waiheke, but that was really focused on very local issues, more about the local board
0: voter disengagement with local politics is nothing new and it's not isolated to this election. But do you think that the lack of media coverage this time around did make people more disengaged?
1: I'm sure that people who already had fixed views weren't going to change their mind if there was more coverage. But perhaps, you know, it had an impact on those who might have voted if they knew what was at stake and if they'd had some... Um visibility around the issues and the policies and the differences um, between the candidate. You know from my perspective, I think that that vacuum was filled with quite a lot of misinformation and attack ads, which you know motivated people. So that might have actually even increased um, turnout, but it's it's difficult to know.
0: Now, without wanting to seem like a massive sore loser,
1: <sighs>
0: do you think that the lack of coverage, potentially affected the turnout and even the result?
1: Well, you know, as a candidate, I have to absolutely take responsibility um, for my own loss and for not reaching my potential supporters and not getting people out to vote. Because there wasn't the media coverage that we just presumed would happen, we should have found different ways to reach our potential voters, It probably has had an impact on the the result. The the media coverage is such an important part of our democracy and election. So if it's not there, you know, it is going to cause a problem and it's going to have an impact on um, election turnout and the results.
0: That lack of coverage was matched by a lack of engagement from the public. Turnout in this year's election was around 40% across the country. In Auckland, it only reached 35% for the second election running. Back in 2017, Auckland Council carried out research where it quizzed non-voters on why they didn't cast their ballot. The number one reason given was that they didn't know anything about the candidates. The number two was that they didn't know enough about the policies. And the number three was that they couldn't work out who to vote for. There's reason to believe those results are holding true. Here's RNZ's Lucy Shear vox-popping some non-voting Auckland students. I don't
1: really have an opinion. Did you guys like yeah. vote? <laughs> um, no. no, no, no. Have you? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, for the uh, no. Prime
0: Minister next year. Yeah, for the Prime, Prime Minister yeah. next year.
1: So, you
2: reckon that um, you guys think that it's more important to vote in the general elections
1: yeah. than, yeah, than, I than I guess the so, local elections? I don't even know who the mayor is. <laughs> like Honestly, say. Yeah, so, yeah, like. Right? The oh, mayor, cool. yeah. yeah.
0: The voter disconnect was clearly weighing on the minds of film presenter John Campbell and reporter Katie Bradford during last weekend's episode of TVNZ's Q&A. Here's Campbell talking about turnout in the poorer suburbs of Auckland, which, as usual, was lower than in richer areas. You have to say that a turnout below 20% in Ortara is heartbreaking. It's not good enough either, is it? I mean, this is a dismal fail by someone. He went on to list some possible culprits for that dismal fail, including central government, uninspiring local candidates and the election system. There's some evidence pointing to all those suspects. In a Business Desk column, Patrick Smalley pointed to postal voting as favouring older homeowners who are more likely to both stick around, add an address and actually send letters than younger people and renters. It's hardly news that no one under 40 has much experience of actually posting a letter. We've known for a while that postal voting skews local body voting to the asset-owning classes. Others have criticised local government's consultation processes, which are often incredibly boring and inaccessible for people with busy lives, along with the ratepayer role, which gives homeowners a vote for each property they own in different jurisdictions. But in response to Campbell, Bradford herself honed in on the media's role, saying getting people to care about local politics is a personal dilemma for her.
2: I am passionate about local government, and there are lots of people out there who are. But how do we show people why it matters? And it's a frustration as a journalist, you know. And you're the same about this. But you know, how do you say to people, your rubbish and recycling, your public transport? Don't you love going to the libraries? Don't you love taking the kids to the local pools? You know, all of these things matter, and these are the people who run those and make those decisions. These are the people who should be responsible about whether you can get the bus or whether Auckland's trains are going to be shut down for nine months. You know, all of those things that people do actually really care about. People are really angry that. Auckland trains are going to be shut down for nine months. You need to vote for people on the, you know, on this. And and,
0: and, you, and you need you need to feel able to. Yes, and you need, yes, to, and yeah, you need ab, to be
2: yeah. able to understand it. And the booklet you get this tiny blurb. Do people want to read all? The, you know, is yeah. that the only way of finding out about candidates? Absolutely.
0: Not. I asked Katie Bradford to expand on those comments and give some suggestions for how the media can ensure voters have more information about candidates than just what's in that little booklet. Kia ora, Katie. Welcome to Media Watch.
2: Kia ora, Good morning.
0: So on Q&A, you talked about it being this personal frustration of yours that lots of people don't seem to care about local government in the way that they do about central government. Uh, how much of that do you think is our fault in the media, given have we just not given them enough of a reason to care?
2: I think we try, and it's almost a chicken and egg situation, right? how much coverage the media gets is so much based on, I guess, what we think the public want. And so if people aren't picking up the paper or they're switching off the radio or switching off the TV when local government stories are on, they're not going to run them. How do we tell those stories in a way that show the importance of local government, that still make it interesting, show why it affects people? I've been trying to do that for years. It's hard in TV, for instance. It's hard in radio. Mediums are so different in terms of the way they handle stories that you can't you know, it, it can be very hard to get
0: that message across. Yeah, you're right, because when I do think about the really good local government's coverage being done, it's in the Herald or staff or the team at the spin-off, who I didn't mention in my script earlier, sorry, the spin-off, or maybe local democracy reporters, Felix De Mare and Rotorua, I think of. But there's not so much in these visual mediums and maybe not even so much in radio. Is that a gap there?
2: And I think there are some of us who try, you know. But going to a council meeting and getting pics of of people sitting around a council board table is not great TV, you know. And you have to spend eight hours there. There's so many factors. You know, I think actually we got... The Christchurch Council got quite a lot of coverage of their meetings when they were discussing the stadium, for instance. It has to be something that's seen not just of local importance but national importance. And that's where the problem... Can go. I probably could have done Auckland mayoral stories three or four days a week over the last few weeks or the last month or so, but we have to think from a national broadcaster point of view, why does someone in Gore care about what's happening in Auckland?
0: I, know, I do a bit of local government reporting myself, and I just wonder whether part of it is that we need to make the importance of it really clear to people, where I think of housing. So there's research showing that councils pretty much literally caused the housing crisis there's crap bubbling up through your sewer you know into the street then that's to do with council as well is it that we're not making the connection between these real life things that are impacting people and councils more explicit
2: absolutely and infrastructure and public transport and roads and all those things and how important is the relationship is between local government and central government as well how intertwined they are that a lot of these projects are jointly funded or you, to get permission, you need either the council's permission or the government's permission. All of this stuff is so important, and I think people here, they think it's always central government's fault. They don't necessarily think that there's been a, a council or mayoral involvement in it there, and, and, I, and maybe that is what you're saying, is that it comes back to the media being partly to blame for not explaining that stuff enough. But it's not just our job. It's the job of, of places like LGNZ and you know, others as well to try and educate people on this.
0: Stuff. When I think about central political coverage, we have the gallery, and it's, it's happening all three years. It's happening in between elections, whereas local government coverage, you get a wave of it, and it's really good at election time, but there's not that kind of round-the-clock monitoring that you get for central elections.
2: It would be great, and maybe this is one of those problems, you know, we do have those local democracy reporters, as you've talked about, which has helped bring some of that back in, but how do you staff that in newsrooms that are already under so much pressure? For me, I have more stories than I can do most days. You've got to prioritise, you've got to work out where you go, you don't have enough bodies, you don't have enough cameras, depending on your medium, how you're going to cover it, again, there's got to be the interest in it. I think it would be great to have an Auckland Council gallery, I've talked about this before, but... Are there enough journalists out there? Is there enough interest out there to make something like that happen?
0: Because I can hear, you know, commercial media people kind of screaming, like, easy for you to say, you know, you don't have to make it, you don't have to make a profit for the shareholders, and they have the metrics, right? And they they show, I guess, in a lot of cases that maybe people do switch off when the local government stories come up. And as much as people might say they want more local government coverage, you know, whatever service you're using is saying actually they don't, and it's the, the arrows pointing downwards when they're coming up.
2: And is any of that getting into the households that it's needed? You know, you look at thought, 31% turnout, possibly probably a bit more once those final special votes are counted in Auckland, but that turnout is so abysmal. It, it can't just be about the mainstream media and, and what we do in terms of trying to get those messages out. The council should have a massive role to play in that as well, about what what are they doing to tell people what they're doing. People's lives are so busy. What do you do to get that message through to them?
0: Do you think those structural factors are more important than media coverage? I think of something like councils only get 8% of taxation money. Local government meetings are held at inaccessible times for people with kids or people with jobs. Even the rating system is a powerful democratic motivator for homeowners, but just about no one else. Uh, Postal voting (laughs) favours homeowners. So there's, there's all these structural factors. Are they more important in your eyes than the media coverage or lack thereof?
2: I think they have to go with each other. The media has to work through that system, together with that system somehow. You know, we can't control what the council do. We don't want them controlling what the media does. But something has to change, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is that this this election showed that turnout did not get any better. Despite quite extensive media coverage across all media outlets, despite a big campaign by our Gen Z and others to get that message out there, whatever is happening right now is not working.
0: Does the media focus then need to be on the fact that we basically have a broken democracy and kind of accepting this regular 40-35% turnout figure?
2: I think there was a lot of coverage in the lead-up to the uh, elections about that turnout and trying to encourage people to vote. Are people listening? What else can we do? Uh, I guess newsrooms themselves need to have a look at that and see what it, see what more can be done. Um, but we are, we have to accept, as I said, that whatever what's happening right now is not working, and something needs to change. And and is, that, is it the campaign leading into local elections? Is it the way we voting happens? Is it recognising for three years that you need to the messages and they it out about what's going on? People as you said, people pay a lot of attention in, in Wellington when they're streaming through your streets and you you can't, you know, you can't access fresh water around the country. But they do again do they make that connection between who they vote on the council and not just the mayor, it's about the councils and local boards as well. Who they vote on that makes a difference.
0: So New Auckland Mayor Wayne Brown, he's seemed to want to keep the media at arm's length for his first week and maybe that will be an ongoing situation does that worry you and how should the media actually counter that
2: i think we have to keep asking as we have been for interviews every day with the new mayor having those discussions his response has the response from his team to me has been that he wants to get out there and meet with the councillors and staff and so forth before he talks to the media that he's having that he's had so many requests from the media that he it would take all day to respond to those this will prove difficult if we can't get answers about what's going on when he's making quite big statements about the state of the council's books, when he's calling for the resignation of people before he's met with them. The media's role in this is to keep asking those questions. Aucklanders need to know, and the rest of the country, because the impact it has on everyone, need to know what his plans are for the city and how quickly any moves will be made. So you can guarantee we will keep asking every day for those interviews uh, until that happens.
0: How much of this is into with this diminishment and trust in the media and seemingly this, this lack of respect or <laughs> affection for the media and the wider public. You had Wayne Brown, for instance, caught on camera saying that he's going to stick pictures of a Herald journalist to the urinals, and it didn't seem to hurt his chances any. Our politicians now are just sort of able to get around us.
2: Well, that's the Trump effect, isn't it? And and I know there is a lot of dislike for journalists out there, but comments like that are are totally unacceptable. And, you know, as journalists, we've faced a lot of abuse and and so forth over the past couple of years, and politicians who know better saying things like that uh, is not helpful with that. We all work really, really hard to tell people the stories that matter to them. We're talking about local government right now, and I've spent the past two months trying to push the good local government content across the One News platforms. You know, we, we there's a lot of, uh, I guess, misconceptions out there about the media, and politicians who know that this isn't true, saying things like that doesn't help. Uh, but they also know, it, as you said, it doesn't affect Wayne Brown's chances in the election at all. Uh, in fact, it may have gotten more votes. And so that's something that all we can do in the media is to keep trying to look hard into what we do and try and counter that. Hey, thank you so much for
0: joining me, Katie. Well, thank you. That was TVNZ business correspondent Katie
1: Bradford, who covered the local elections for TVNZ, talking there to Media watchers Hayden Donnell.